what up and welcome to the fifth episode of Gagi Gadoda. Let's talk. I'm here with my co-host, Grace we White are. from downtown. <laughs> fifth episode <laughs> from downtown. I cannot wait to play in the There's, basketball game. How does it wait. feel not playing? Well, right now. I mean, our season's going to start at the end of November. Oh, yeah. So. I don't know why. I was thinking it was like August. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what, when it ever is, to be honest. I lost track of time. It's Dude, like we're both like fried. Yeah, we're I'm going to be 22 in like two weeks. You still haven't told me what you want for your birthday, you fool. Um... You, you got to put the order in with auntie, you know? I'm still <laughs> yeah, your auntie. I, I really don't know what I what I want, to be honest. Um, oh, I have like a list of things if you're going to buy me a present. I'm like, <laughs> ready to go? I usually yeah. just try to get what I want for like myself. I like have everything I want and everything I need. But I feel like it's nice to like get it from somebody so you don't have to buy it for yourself I feel like yeah that's true I do like that yeah so me and Grace were just talking about how nice it is to have a friend or a family member or whoever that person is a spouse whatever like having that person just to be able to open up to or even like a therapist you know when you have you know, mental health things that are going on with you on a regular basis and just not necessarily having it be like you are using them as like a counselor, but having that person to confide in so you can learn how to start to deal with it on your own if that's, you know, the route that you choose. But we were just talking about the support of having somebody just to talk to about your mental health um, problems that you're experiencing. So we kind of wanted to just revolve a episode off of that I feel like yeah for sure and just like venting to somebody or being able to break down and like really open up about how you feel and not have them like judge you for it or look at you any different for your lowest moments or why you're sad and even having them understand like how those moments have shaped you and like why you are the way you are or how you act in certain situations is because of what you were put through before type of thing I think it's super right. important. Like and like even what your triggers are. Like me and Grace were just talking about you know, like not listening to or not watching movies that might trigger you, you know. So like, you know, we wanted to name the episode like what has shaped you and be able to kind of reflect on. So if you guys if there's anybody listening that doesn't have like a friend necessarily that they open up to about their mental health, maybe it's like something that we can help with and you know, just being vulnerable with our mental health stuff that we've experienced from traumas and how that's kind of developed into our adult lives, I think. Yeah, for sure. Just being able to, like I said, open up about things that bother you. And like you said, with the triggers, I can watch a movie of someone losing somebody, a sibling, whatever, and they start to cry and they're just all emotional and this is super intense. And I'm tearing up like... (laughs) In tears, just like, oh, I can relate. Like, oh, I know that hurts. Mm -hmm. It's a movie, but I'm crying. Like, even if I'm not sad or whatever, I get so emotionally, like, strung out on those little moments because it just reflects of how I felt before, how I felt when Mm -hmm. I've gotten sad, like, little things like that. 
Yeah. Definitely trigger me. Yeah. So like, I think for me, what has been a thing is that what started my mental health stuff is like, when I lost my dad, being 15 in 10th grade, I think like, it's been a while since he passed away. But like, I think I was in a position where I didn't know how to A, deal with like my emotions. B, I didn't know what grief was. And C, I didn't know what trauma was. And so when he initially passed away, I was like very, very, very sad. And I was in a really dark place for a really long time, but it never manifested into um, what I understood as trauma, although I probably was living in trauma. Um, it never occurred to me that I had trauma until I developed anxiety. And I developed anxiety like after my nephew passed away because it was back to back now losing my dad and then losing my nephew, who was like a sibling, you know, it was very weird. And I just felt like I had no control over anything. So later on, I feel like it developed into that feeling that you get with anxiety when you don't have control over literally everything. And so it took me a while. Last year was like more serious, but I feel like once I understood that my anxiety was literally stemmed from past traumas that were stemmed from grieving the loss of a loved one is like, it's kind of like a math equation. You got to know what the first number is and the second number to get the algorithm of what like your, you know, answer is going to be. So that really, I think like talking to my fiance about it, talking to you and like my mom and all those different things have really helped me like realize the timeline and things have gotten better for me once I understood that. And I, of course I've been like, maybe I need to go to a therapist or whatever, but I feel like for me, um, really being open and vulnerable with people has been a really good thing. Cause I've been able to put it up on a wall and see, well, like this happened here and this happened here. And this is how it like, like impacted in me then but now here's how it manifested years later and so I think that that's been a pretty profound like thing for me anyway and I think you know I think you have some a similar story you know yeah I know like I never really knew what anxiety was and I really didn't know much about mental health I was starting to learn more and more about it just with situations that I was in and um, events that took place like just within the family but my freshman year is when I really developed anxiety just where I would get overwhelmed and have panic attacks and just feel like I couldn't breathe and I never really understood what anxiety was and just that over like you feel so overworked and overwhelmed and like yeah you feel anxious but um the past traumas definitely link into like trying to figure out what they were like figure out your actions of why you act the way that you act like little things with me. I'm like, why am I thinking like this? Why am I even having these type of thoughts? And I'm like, oh, because of this previous event, this previous thing that's happened that this is why I'm acting the way that I am now is because of what happened before. I think like realizing that and how much that past uh, trauma affected you and being able to like be aware of how much it bothers you and how, um, like you said, how much it impacts you is huge because then you're able to start kind of dealing with it. And there's yeah. some stuff that will just never go away. Like mm-hmm. we're going on five years for my brother. Um, he was in the hospital prime time this time when it was going to 
come up to my 17th birthday and I just revert back to that feeling of um, help, like helplessness, I want to say. Uh, that's like, even when I'm feeling that within daily events or what my worries and stuff, I feel helpless and that just puts me in a place where I revert back to feeling like my my worst you know what I mean? Like yeah. really getting back into the worst feeling is really for me mm-hmm. is like feeling helpless. You really just can't do anything. You can't control anything, the situation. And that's, I think, where my anxiety was linked with, which is feeling helpless and not being able to control anything around me. I couldn't help anybody. I couldn't just things like that have definitely been the biggest for me. Yeah. I think too that like, you are in a I don't even know how that sounds like you (laughs) um I think that for you you're in a time where you're still very vulnerable in that it's like the seasons that remind you of it now and for me it's been 10 years since my dad passed away so yeah it's been 10 10 years yeah so it's been 10 years that I haven't had a dad and So, like, the seasons aren't as much associated with memories with him as much as um, moments. Like, for instance, when Tammy got married last September, I was just, like, watching her and her dad with the father-daughter dance. And, you know, every wedding I ever have attended since my dad has passed away, I just cry because I'm like, I'm never going to have any of this with him. And, like... So my wedding's coming up and that's brought up a lot of like really sad, but also like thankful feelings, I guess, of like wanting to always like keep his memory alive and just like always keep that alive because he is literally like me in so many different ways. So it's like I've tried to emulate a lot of the, I think I saw this thing is like try to become your favorite qualities about the person you miss the most and so I feel like every day I try to emulate some of the qualities that my dad had like really hard worker just so like so kind to everybody but like yeah there's like little bitty triggers and I'm it's been 10 years for me so I'm like very aware of them whereas for Aaron stuff it's like different for me because with when my dad passed away that was more like my thing like he passed away he passed away in my house and it was my dad you know what I mean for you and Aaron it was more like I just have to be there you know for you and for Ashley and your mom and like it it was just more about being there for you whereas my first trauma was like more centered on me and but that almost made it worse the second time around because it was like utmost like it wasn't just people worried about me being sad it was like now I had to like feel that with you guys and so yeah so it kind of differs for me I suppose yeah I think the biggest thing is life goes on and more and more time goes by in your life you know you continue to grow you continue to change as you don't have that communication like staying up to date with each other you know like he was in my life every day until five years ago Mm -hmm. and just living your life and having to make life decisions and grow and you meet new people that don't know that side of you either. Like your closest friends, like eventually the conversation comes up or, you know, someone asks you, how many siblings do you have? Right. Like, Oh, I have one sibling. Oh, only you only have one sibling. I'm like, 
oh, and a younger brother that passed away. You know, those little yeah. things trigger me too. Is like when you're opening up mm-hmm. and you're telling people or small talk, like, oh, how many siblings? Like I said, and it's like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, he passed away. And then it's like, you're yeah. not trying to be sad in the conversation. Right. But yeah, I, I have more yeah. than one sibling. And it's like, how do I announce like, oh, you yeah, have two siblings. Like, you know what I mean? That it's stuff always so, like, is a jam. Yeah. It's like, I do. I was getting my nails done like three months ago or something. And I was just telling a story. Like, I wasn't trying to be all like depressing and all like cold and shit but like I was just telling this nail technician it wasn't three months ago it must have been like a month ago anyway I was like yeah like my my dad passed away in high school and then like since and and she like stopped and she was like I am so sorry and like I appreciated that but I was also like oh no like I no like I was like like, no it's it's really not that serious I mean it is serious but like I don't it's okay like yeah, okay. I don't need sympathy. And, like, whenever I bring it up, people get very emotional. Like, I'm, you know, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry to hear that, Serena. You know, all this stuff. And it's like, oh, no, we're good. It's just, like, yeah, like, my dad's death is a part of my story. And, like, what shaped me, like, it, his death shaped me. The trauma that I got from losing him shaped me. And then, like, the aftermath of that trauma that manifested developed into anxiety and that shaped me too. So like each chapter of the grieving process is like, so not only having him in my life shaped me, but then all, you know, each of those pieces to the puzzle, like shaped me. And then with Aaron, it was just like a whole other, I don't know, thing to unravel. That was like, I think like my biggest takeaway when I like try not to get sad about it or, really think of it in such a depressing way like oh I lost my best friend etc I try to think of it as that kid lived for everybody every day like he was one of the most he was so full of life every day even as he was getting sick in his process of you know dying he every day chose to live and make make the most out of it he could be so sick and still try to make the room laugh I think like the biggest takeaway from him was just living every day like it's your last, you know, like tomorrow's never promised. It's in our culture that, you know, it's not promised and just being grateful to wake up every day, being grateful to do the little things like eat. He was so happy that he could eat, you know, and not have to be fed through his port or happy he woke up, happy he could see people. And I think that's the biggest thing when I'm feeling ungrateful yeah. or sad is like, Mm-hmm. You, I have such a good life. I can walk. I can talk. Right. I can eat. Like he couldn't do that. Eventually, up mm-hmm. until yeah, you know, he took his last breath. He, I took advantage of being able to sit in a car or lay in my bed. You know, the little things are just mm-hmm. so important to think about when people don't have that and pe- people have it so much worse than you. Like, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that. We didn't want the episode to be a sad episode, but rather a reflection of how powerful it is to be able to use your individual voice to have relationships and to have, you know, where it's more normalized to discuss mental health among your, I I know like in a lot of places that mental health is still viewed as like, not as something we should be discussing but I think that like 
as younger people, I feel like, you know, we have to begin normalizing it for our own families, for our own core group. And so me and Grace, like, I know in our individual circles, not including each other, I feel like we really have a strong support structure of being able to discuss our mental health and the days that we're having that are more challenging than others. But then more importantly, being able to have that room to breathe and just kind of puke it all out and look at it on the floor and be like, all right, like this is associated with this. And this is why I'm having a hard time. It's kind of like what you do when you go to therapy. Like a lot of times, like the counselor isn't going to solve anything for you, but what they're going to do is they're going to kind of help you piece it together in your mind. And I feel like every time I've went to counseling, that's kind of like what they do. Don't you feel? Yeah, for sure. I tried to go to a therapist a couple of times and it really wasn't for me. Like, I tried, my dad told me, this was after he passed away. And I think it was like a little while in like that spring. And he's like, I really think you should see a therapist with me. Like I'm, I've been going, I really think you should go. And I was like, "Mm -mm, open up about my feelings. I don't really know how I even feel. I wouldn't know what to say. They don't know my situation. They don't know my brother. They don't know my home life. Like, why would I want to open up to a stranger? But like the more, right when you were talking about that, it kind of popped up in my head that, um, you know, my best friend Carrie here, she's was with me through my freshman year, et cetera. And when I use my pipe, she can smell the tobacco in the apartment and she can kind of smell it. And so after a little while, she'd be like, hey, how are you feeling? You know, I know you use that when you're feeling kind of down or whatever, like, how are you dealing with things? And she always makes sure that she checks up on me, like just knows like what time of year mm-hmm. it is and like, Hey, are you feeling sad? Like, do you want to talk? Just my, my door's always open type of thing. And she actively will check up on me if she notices like any behavior change or stuff like that. She always knows when to be like, Hey, like, how are you? How are you dealing with it? I know you miss your brother. Um, having her know just what kind of, I kind of go through this time of year is just so important to me because she, she can continue to be there. And even if it's just like little things like that, she'd be like, Oh, I know you can't really sleep in October, you know, like little things like that. She'll give me coffee or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If I'm having a hard day or like we go into practice and she'll know how to kind of lift me up or at least let me know that it's okay that I feel sad. You know, it's okay that I'm like affected still. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, I don't want to be, you know, super depressed five years after he passed away. Like I get really sad in certain moments, but I'm really able to kind of pick myself back up and like having that support system of um, people checking in on me and knowing what's going on is huge for me. Yeah, I agree. I think that Carrie has been like such a I'm like just so glad that you met her because I always like wanted you to have that friend at school where you could just like have that go-to person being so far from home and stuff like that. But yeah, it's really hard when you are dealing with grief and when it it spirals into, you know, it manifests into trauma that manifests into varying mental illnesses and like um, the most important thing that I have found is that you can't put a time frame on how your grieving process is going to go. Right. Cause I feel like 10 years after my dad's passed away, I'm like, 
about to graduate from college. He missed my high school graduation. Like I, I get really, I never talk about it. Cause I, I just, I, I'm pretty good at coping with it now after several years, but, um, you know, I still have really hard times. I think being so young and seeing, you know, when I was so young and I was starting college and stuff, it was really hard because everybody else had dads and my friend group had dads and like everybody had a dad. And then I always felt like the odd one out never having a dad. And like, so that perpetuated this feeling of like, God, I want a dad. Like I, I miss having a dad. It's, a, it's the weirdest feeling, but yeah. Um, I, that, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like, that's how I feel when I look at Kyrie and Alea and my niece and nephew and watching them be able to grow up to like with each other and be best friends and spend every day together and watch Leia laugh at Kyrie or Kyrie throw something at her, like little stuff like that. I'm like <laughs> that, that relationship is just, I just get kind of jealous when I see siblings are close or they post about their sibling and I'm like, wow, like I, I loved having a brother, you know, like I'm so lucky that I had him in my life for 17 years and got to grow up with him, like being able to have all that time with him every day mm-hmm. and just so incorporated into my daily life was such a blessing for me to have that type of little spirit with me all the time. Like just so thankful and grateful that I even had the time that I did with him, even though I felt like it was unfair that it got taken away from you so early. And I bet you feel the same way, but it's like you can really embrace what you had and really appreciate the time that oh, you yeah. did have with them, oh, you know, yeah. like reflecting For on sure. Mm-hmm. I, I think about it every day. I'm like, I'm just so grateful that I had that dad, that I had a dad who was a little res boy and, you know, his heart and soul was Red Lake. And he, I remember being a little girl going up to Red Lake Sanitation where he was a director, was right behind the old trading post. And, you know, just seeing all like all the work he did to provide um, quality water for our reservation. And he also, you know, was, um, you know, if the, if anybody had water problems or if um, something was going on with the water towers, it was my dad that was always on site. So he really genuinely cared about the people of Red Lake. And now working for the Red Lake School District, I'm like, I just try to embody the person that he was. And he was just such a hard worker, loved his family more than anything in the world. Such a kind soul. Just to everybody he met, he was just so kind. And I just want to be more like him the older I get. So it's like, I wouldn't trade, although I only had him for 15 years, I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world because when people meet me, little do they know I am pieces of my dad that they, like many people newer in my life will never meet him, obviously, but there are those elements where my personality traits emulate my dad's. And um, so he still is alive through me every day. And I think that even with Aaron, you know, your brother, I think that for me to... I have just lived life in such a different way because, you know, Aaron lost his life so young, but I've just tried so hard to never take things for granted, never take people for granted and um, just kind of live your life in that type of way. I feel like is really important. You got to live for them. You got to live for them. Yeah, you really do. Like, even when I'm thinking about workouts and I'm like, I do not want to go shoot right now. And I'm like, 
he would have already been done shooting, you know, like little things like, yeah, but he, he always worked so hard and every drill was a hundred. He was a little pest. He wanted to be, he just would work hard to piss other people off. You know, like I'm going to get in your, I'm going to take your cookies, like little stuff like that. And listen to you talk about your dad too. He'd be so proud of you and where you've, you know, where you've gotten even since you lost him and that little, the amount of years that went by and who you are now, he'd, he'd be so proud of you and who you've become and who you've become to just Red Lake. Um, I just, I always thought about like in high school, like I know he'd be at my games or even in college now, I'm like, I know he'd be here like watching me and watching us play together. Like it's, it's crazy to think about. It really is like how important he was to everybody. And same thing yeah. with Aaron, like just that family dynamic. You, they were so, they were such essential pieces that we needed and just having to go grow together because of that and become so much closer to everybody around us. Like I became yeah. so close to my mom after my brother passed away. That mean her are just best friends now. And I bet you feel the same way with grandma, like your mom, you guys yeah. are so close now and you guys have each other. Well, like, I think the relationship that I have with my mom and the relationship that you have with your mom, like, that is, it's like, now, after all of the trauma that we've went through, I feel like it's even deeper. And it's like, really, nobody understands what you went through more than your mom. And there's nobody in this world that knows what I went through when my dad passed away than my mom. There were, after he passed away... 10th grade year I'm 15 two weeks before my my 16th birthday and my mom just had to like come in my room because she'd hear me crying late at night you know and just like in those moments like nobody you know nobody knows that side of me and the and the same for your mom nobody knows that side of you so there are so many downsides to grief and there are so many downsides to traumas and mental illnesses and I, I feel like especially for indigenous people and I can only speak to us because I only really know what it's like to be an indigenous person that like, by the time we go to a non-native counselor that doesn't have any education about reservations, the historical traumas that we deal with from like either residential boarding schools or trauma with like alcoholic parents or whatever the case is that stems from trauma based on assimilation um, that happened on, you know, United States grounds, they, it's so hard because I feel like most of the time that I've ever went to a non-native counselor, I've had to sit and explain to them all of this background story about like what native families are like and all of this stuff. And then by the end, I'm like, I just ate up an hour, like explaining to you, you know, what, <laughs> yeah, what, what, it, what it meant. What, yeah, what it why, meant. yeah. You know, and so that is, you know, while we said like, you know, maybe like seeing a counselor is good. Like, I guess it really depends on what counselor you go to and where you go to them at. And if they are educated on indigenous stuff, because I do believe indigenous, it doesn't have to be just an indigenous counselor, but more so a a non-native that's educated on natives. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My, one of the greatest things I had was um, Randy Holdison Peach. He was my counselor when I was going in like middle school and when I'd have a hard day and he would always be able to talk to me and he knew my family, he knew my brother and like he, 
me and him just became so tight. Like he was like family to me. And he is now technically he's my, you know, my mom's fiance, but, (laughs) but I got really close with him on that family level and just being able to trust him with everything and, um, vent to somebody who really understood. I felt like really understood like how it was to even see family affected and therapists don't really relate to you in a way that they talk about their problems or even open up with you because it's about you, but like them relating to you and, I got through it like this, or my mom felt this way too, or this is how my mom was and this is what I did. Um, always helps like being able to have a conversation instead of just vent all your problems and how you feel. Like, yeah, open I up. agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the whole purpose of the episode was mainly not to shed so – I think I'm reiterating this at this point, but – I it's not so much to shed light on this is what I went through and here's my dark past. Here's Grace's dark past, but like normalizing that we have had anxiety and a lot of it depression and a lot of it as a result of trauma from grief. And that's very, very normal. And it's normal to still be dealing with the trauma from losing a loved one years after it passes, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. not like, it's not like that goes away, but being able to talk about it with your friends, your family, somebody close that you can trust anyway, I feel like is major key. Yeah, I think the one <laughs> yeah, like the one point I want to make too is I really used it to feed all of my like desires and my goals and stuff, like use it as something that really just kept me hungry to keep going. Like as many times as you want to stop because of how you feel and because you can, you can quit basketball. You can, like my junior year, I wanted to quit. And my dad was like, if you want to take the year off, you really can, you know? And then it was like, what would your brother want you to do? And what would your dad want you to do? It's like, keep going and keep getting those goals done because they, they can't, and they can still see you do it. And like you said, live for them and make the positive out of the negative or you know, change your outlook on things and go harder because of what you've been through. Do better because of what you've been through. Yeah. I love that. I think that, yeah, like the same with you. I wanted to quit school after my dad passed away. I was like, I just want to take some time off. And like, now I'm looking back and like, holy man, if I would have taken time off of high school, I'll easy. <laughs> like my dad would have been like, what are you doing? And like, yeah. now I'm just like, that would have set me way back. Like, you know, but yeah, like using your pain, working to understand your pain and your behavior patterns, mm-hmm. mental health. I feel like for me and how I've really come to understand it it's way better than it was last year and the year before that and the year before that I feel like I'm finally coming to like the tip of the pyramid where I'm like all right I understand Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah I understand all of this stuff but I think that it's a battle every day between you and you and you gotta be able to be the one you can't expect anybody else to come hold your hand and want to make a change in how you're dealing with it. You really got to be the one 
And it sucks. It's hard. It's terrible. It's been like my lowest points of my life is dealing with anxiety and depression. But also, I do know that nobody helped me through it more than I helped myself through it. Like you truly have to have your own back and you have to love yourself more than anybody loves you. And you, you know what I'm saying? Because you're in your head all day. You know, you're Mm -hmm. the one who feeds all of your thoughts and how you're thinking and how you're dealing with things. And congratulating yourself and giving yourself credit for what you go through and what you do daily and what little battles you fight, what thought you change, getting over something, letting go and truly giving yourself props for that. I think is important of just giving yourself that credit. Like I just did this, like I just solved this math problem, like props to me, you know, like props Mm -hmm. to me for getting through another year of school and like, you deserve it. You knowing that you deserve everything that you're getting and continue to work for that and just be proud of yourself. Be proud of who you are. Be proud of what you're doing daily. It's important when you're dealing with those mental struggles that hit you throughout the day, little setbacks. Like Mm -hmm. I could have a thought and it could set me back the whole day. And now like when I go through the next day, like I'm not going to let that happen again. You know, holding yourself accountable to how you feel or if you're sad, what instead of laying in bed, get up and go for a walk. What helps you go talk to your friend? Like yeah, little things like, like that. You have to be there for yourself. You have to be there for yourself. And in like, in fact, it's so important to be there for yourself. You got to, you got to take a couple minutes each morning to just let yourself feel how you feel. And if you get up at a certain time, I feel like for me, I started doing yoga in the morning. I started meditating because you know what? I needed that time to do a mental check-in, feel how I'm feeling emotionally and physically and not be on my phone, not be concerned about the outside world, be concerned with Serena and how Serena's feeling. Because if I don't know how I'm feeling, then like my whole day's messed up. And most days, honestly, I don't even get on my phone until I don't even get on my phone until like after I'm at work and then I'll, I'll like check it out. And most days what I've been doing is like playing um, just really calming music or music that makes me happy after I've spent that time off the grid and not like on my phone and not like getting on social media and um, just kind of feeling how I'm feeling, I guess. I feel like you got to do the little things. You got you to gotta do mental check-ins with your body. And if something makes you anxious or somebody makes you anxious, right. then you got to know, you got to pull yourself out of that, man. It, it, even if it's a job situation, you got to like figure out a, a, you know, how to deal with that. Even if that means like having to work through being around somebody who makes you anxious at work or makes you kind of like feeling some type of way at work or at yeah. school or um, any of these different things. But yeah, I feel like that's kind of what I've been doing to like cope and get better and move along with mental health stuff. So yeah, I feel like some, like some days you have to let it go and revisit it. And I think it's always harder to revisit how you felt because you can't stop and have a mental breakdown in the middle of work, you know? No. I mean, you can, but you push through and then you get back later and you recollect at night. Like, how did I feel? How did I feel during this moment? And it's so important to check in with yourself. Like you said, like, how is Serena? You know, like, how am I today? Why did Mm -hmm. that bother me? Why did that take such an emotional toll on me? Why did I let it? Why did I let somebody make me feel this way. You know, like even Mm -hmm. little things like that are important to just know how you're doing mentally and checking in, revisiting, reflecting, working through it, figuring out how to work through it. 
It's important. And I feel like kind of what we're talking about is like the more anxiety side of mental health. I feel like it's more like very specific to anxiety, actually. Um, I feel like depression is just a whole different beast that it's, it's just a whole different thing. But I know for anxiety, with anxiety, without taking medication, if you choose to not go that route, it's like really Grace and I have both found it helpful to focus on the little things that don't put you in that place or like don't bring you there. Of course, sometimes you have to feel it. You have to go through it. But like trying to just like listen to yourself, watch your surroundings, look for your triggers and look for things that, you know, can put you in a bad place because nobody knows you like you. And so, oh my God, Grace, you know, I was just thinking about but our giveaway. Oh yeah. <laughs> we have to do the giveaway. Guys, we're wow, we're we, we slacked on that, honestly. Hard. I've been thinking about school. I haven't even thought about it to be honest. I barely thought about you. Oh hey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey now. Let's not get personal. <laughs> Don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I um I just completely spaced it. I know that our cup is being made. Um, I think we'll wait till the season finale to do the um, giveaway. And I think we kind of need to regroup as to like, I heard a couple of people say they don't know how to leave um, comments. So maybe we'll revert it more into like Facebook. And then another person made a good point about like the lashes. That's only for like people in Northern Minnesota. Like you're all the way in Belfast. Yeah, that's so true. Well, even like some of my friends now are just all catching up on it. Like, oh, like I just okay. got a comment today. Shout out to Persephone. She messaged me and just talked about how much she loved every episode and she finally got through all of them. And just hearing the support of people reaching out and tell us how much they love it and love to listen and sharing it and supporting us is, you know, really important. And we, we both appreciate it. But yeah, for the final giveaway, we should leave that for the finale and let people kind of get you know, time to catch up on these episodes and mm-hmm. um, we'll definitely do that for the, the season one. Yeah. And we'll brainstorm. Maybe we'll like try to toss something else in there, but like, um, yeah, we'll figure out a better, more accessible way to enter the giveaway. Cause I think the way we're doing it now just isn't, I, I bear, I like when she said that I was like, I don't even know how to leave a review. So <laughs> I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, we'll brainstorm and uh, it'll, our, we're going to go up to, episode eight for this season and um so in a few weeks in next episode actually next episode we'll have the lowdown we'll brainstorm this week it's just we got midterms this week and we completely yeah thanks everybody for tuning in though we like i said we really appreciate the support yes and we catch us on the next episode we we -hmm. love doing this we love the game all right later guys Mm -hmm.